Hey everybody, this is Rick. And this is Amy. And you're listening to the Take Him With You podcast for Sunday, July 28th, 2013. episode is this, dear? I don't know. Is it like... Two... Forty... Or... Thirty-four? Maybe we need to wait till we get home to do this. This is the on-the-road version of Take Him With You today. On the road again. I can't wait to get on the road again. Okay. Okay. Well... We have had such a busy weekend that we thought we should just take the few minutes here that we are driving home to do an intro to our podcast. Um, we both have been extremely busy this week <coughs> Excuse me. and both fighting colds, but we are here for you. We're here for you, I guess so. <laughs> Something like that. So dear, what happened this week for you? Well, um, on top of not sleeping because of coughing and working, um, I helped you this weekend with the art show and the artist reception and just kind of was your overall support team. And then we drove out to Raymond today and you talked at the Baptist Church out there. I did part two of what you're going to hear today. So maybe next week you'll hear part two. If we feel like it, sure. So, um, since we are kind of dragging, maybe this could be our whole introduction, unless you have more that you want to add. You never asked me what I did this week. Oh, what did you do this week? A lot of stuff. I got to do a, a photo shoot. That was fun for a uh, class reunion, uh, 40 years. But it was so funny because the first hour was pretty fun. Second hour, I was taking lots of pictures. Third hour, they got kind of wasted. Well, not everybody, but a bunch of them. So it got to be less pleasant, a room full of um, 40-year reunion uh, drunk people. Dancing drunks. Dancing to uh, you know, lots of music that was popular when I was a kid, too. Um, it was interesting because you know, I was <coughs> pretty dead on my feet last night and, you know, with the cold and stuff. So Catherine um, was volunteered to help you at the reunion and it was funny because a friend of ours was the lady kind of organizing the reunion and she came up to Kat towards the end she said I'm so sorry Kat (laughs) Catherine got a little bit of education on why someone should stay a little bit more sober because they act really stupid when they have drank too much alcohol it, it was kind of funny, I have to say. And it's so funny because I did the photo shoot and then we were selling the DVDs that I'm going to put a slideshow together and some music and then also put um, the pictures on the DVD uh, and then I mail them out. So I was selling those and Catherine was taking the money for it. But as, as the night got longer, we're not sure that some of the people even remember buying the DVDs, but they did. Well, so it's good for business. <laughs> and then you told Catherine you'd give her some money if she filled out the address labels. And as the night went on, it got harder and harder to, to read, read the, the writing. <laughs> so 
Hopefully people aren't going to mind if their name's a little bit misspelled because <coughs> she just had to do her best at trying to figure out what they wrote. We did uh, have the art show, too. I started on Friday, and I went to the artist reception where I played music at it, and that was fun. Did I do okay? Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it was really sweet. Um, you had volunteered to... <coughs> to do their website so the last couple of years you've been working on developing a nice aberdeenartwalk.com a nice website for the art community in the area and you know you got it up looking pretty nice and everything and and also managed the the advertising for the art walk and it was a 28 hours of advertises 28 hours of fun so it started out with the artist reception and there was a street dance and a live concert and then the next morning was a fun run like a 5k fun run 5k and a two mile and a two mile and um, then we had the art walk and there was some little music concerts and different things that went on too and a bunch of artists we had what I think close to about 30 artists yeah around there around there about 30 artists that put all their, you know, their set-up booths on the street and everything. And then there was a car show, and there was food vendors and all that jazz. It was great. And then today we didn't get to do this because you were speaking out of town, but they had a um, Frisbee golf or something like that. <laughs> Frisbee golf concert or contest. Oh, sorry. We might have to edit out that coughing. So, um, yeah, and we still need to get back home and put our podcast together and then you have several jobs a video project you're working on this week and i finally a, have a bunch of work which is nice so thanks for praying yeah. for us and a website you're doing yeah and a full, i'm doing a big film shot on wednesday yeah and an, and a music video too yeah so anyway you have several jobs <laughs> this week so thank you for the prayer for work and you know, keep it up. Um, Rick, right before we started recording, he was just saying, though, boy, it'd be kind of nice to be able to go camping or have some time off. And it's, you know, it's interesting because when you have work, you take the work, but it's, we've been tired. <laughs> so um, you can pray for strength for us, too. But our flowers are beautiful in our yard. Yes, which I need to find time after i need to get over being sick because i have a lot of weeding to do and berry picking we have lots of blueberries to go out and pick oh blueberries yes we have lots of blueberries yeah. and i've had no time to pick them yeah sometimes i get out there but i, I haven't lately because i've been busy but uh, anyway i have to put away all the stuff from the weekend because we did a live gig with uh i got to use my macbook pro and uh, put on a program called Main Stage, and it was pretty cool. It worked really well, and I did some tra some audio tracks and played along with them, and it was good. I have I had a lot of people like my music. That's actually what we sold mostly at the Art Walk was CDs. So, yeah, a lot of people like your um, kind of instrumental chillax and music. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, I will introduce our little subject for today um you are gonna hear part one of so low with joe was that what it was called no what was it called low like joe 
Low Like Joe. So here we go with Low Like Joe. That's cute. You rhymed. I mean it. Does anyone want a peanut? Okay. Well, today you don't have to go to the movies. You don't have to turn on HBO or Cinemax, or some people call it Sin to the Max. Um, you don't have to grab a romance novel because today's message is rated R. <laughs> if you've ever had a dream that's been broken, if you've ever had a plan that's been forsaken, if you've ever had a circumstance occur that you've never expected and it changed your life, then guess what? This message is for you. How many does that include? And it is rated R. This morning, it has jealousy, murder, bad men, slave traders, evil schemes, envy, evil women, lust, false allegations, prison time, magic, prophecy, and betrayal, to say the least. And yep, it's not on TV. It's right here in our very own Bibles. It's not a Hollywood movie. It's actually from the best-selling book of all time called the Holy Bible. And we're going to be in Genesis. And the reason you don't have PowerPoint this morning is because there's so much of it that we're going to cover that there was no way to put it all on PowerPoint. I'd still be doing it. And I wouldn't be here to talk to you. So you say, oh no, we're going to get, this is going to be a whole bunch of Bible. I don't know, Rick. Trust me on this one. You'll be on the edge of your seat because I was just reading it. The Bible is not for the faint at heart. Did you know that there's some amazing stories in the Bible and they're not there just for our entertainment. They have something to say. In fact, most good movies, most good novels, most good books have something to say. There's a message behind what they're saying. So, this morning, if you would, uh, join me in Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to start, I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. <coughs> Excuse me, it's just a little bit more conversational. And that's what I kind of want to do is read a story to you today. We'll stop along the way. But you're going to kind of get an interesting story that really applies to every single one of us. It says in chapter 37... Meanwhile, Jacob had settled down where his father had lived, the land of Canaan. This is the story of Jacob. The story continues with Joseph, 17 years old at the time, helping out his brothers in herding the flocks. These were his half-brothers, actually, the sons of his father's wives, Billah and Zilpah. And Joseph brought his father bad reports on them. So right off the bat, we find out, Joseph is a tattletale, and it's going to get him in trouble. Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the child of his old age. And he made him an elaborately embroidered coat. Can you imagine that, Aunt Dorothy? Making this beautiful quilt and coat for your favorite son. Gives him the coat, and I'm sure that Joseph was like, yeah, this is awesome. When his brothers realized that their father loved him more than them, because they didn't get a coat, 
They grew to hate him. This is where you insert, bum, 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 bum. (laughs) They wouldn't even speak to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said, listen to this dream I had. We were all out in the field gathering bundles of wheat. And all of a sudden, my bundle stood up and your bundle circled around to it and bowed down to mine. Oh, he's winning points now. His brother said, so, you're going to rule over us? You're going to boss us around? They hated him even more because of his dreams and the way he talked. Notice he says, and the way he talked. He had another dream and told this one to also to his brothers. I dreamed another dream. The sun and moon and 11 stars bowed down to me. When he told it to his, fathers and his father and his brothers, his father reprimanded him. What is with all this dreaming? Am I and your mother and your brothers all supposed to bow down to you? Even his dad is kind of upset about it. Now his brothers were really jealous. And his father brooded over the whole business. His brothers had gone off to Shechem, where they were pasturing their father's flocks. Israel said to Joseph, Your brothers are with flocks in Shechem. Come, I want to send you to them. Joseph said, I am ready. He said, Go and see how your brothers and the flocks are doing and bring me back a report. He sent him off from the valley of Hebron to Shechem. Let me say, sometimes sharing our dreams can get us in trouble. Not necessarily for sharing our dreams. It's how we share them that can really get us into some predicaments. Joseph's mistake here was that out of his immaturity, he presents his dreams in an arrogant way. And he's hated by his own family. See, wisdom says, keep your dreams close to your heart and only share them with people who will celebrate you, not tolerate you. How many of us have had friends that tolerate us and then the good friends are the ones that celebrate us? That's who we're supposed to be surrounding ourselves with. That's who you share the close things to your heart. Well, now it's going to be interesting. So Joseph goes out. His, his dad says, go check on your brothers. I'm sure they're thrilled that, that yeah. Anyway, I'm sure he'd like that too. Because, hey man, dad loves me. So he, he heads on out. And in verse 15, it says, a man met him as he was wandering through the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? I'm trying to find my brothers. Do you have any idea where they're grazing their flocks? The man said, oh, they've left here. But I overheard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph took off, tracked his brothers down, and found them in Dothan. They spotted him off in the distance. And by the time he got to them, they had cooked up a plot to kill him. The brothers were there and they were saying, here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him and throw him into one of these old cisterns. We can say that a vicious animal ate him up. Yeah, I put the eye in. We'll see what his dreams amount to be. 
Reuben heard the brothers talking and intervened to save him. We're not going to kill him. No murder. Go ahead and throw him in the cistern out there in the wild. But don't hurt him. Reuben planned to go back later and get him out and take him back to his father. Ah, the voice of reason within craziness. So his brothers saw him coming. See, people that are disobeying God, if you notice, they're not where they're supposed to be. Do you realize that from the story? See, they're supposed to be in Shechem or something like that, but they're in Dothan. Now, we don't know why they were there, and I do remember doing a study, and I didn't get it out to look at it, but there is the difference between the names of those two places, and it basically means disobedience. They were goofing around. They were doing something they weren't supposed to. They were in the wrong place. And you know that people that are disobeying God will oftentimes try and destroy the dreamer because they can't stand someone else getting something better than themselves. So you have to be really careful sometimes on who you share your dreams with. Well, let's go on. <coughs> Reuben's kind of being cool about everything. He's going to try and get him out of there. Well, when Joseph reached his brother's, they ripped off his fancy coat he was wearing, grabbed him, and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was dry, and there wasn't any water in it. So basically, they threw him into a well, or a holder of water, a big, deep pit. Then they sat down to eat supper. Looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites on their way from Gilead, their camels loaded with spices, ointments, and perfumes to sell in Egypt. Judah said, Brothers, what are we going to get out of killing our brother and concealing the evidence? Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. But let's not kill him. He is, after all, our brother, our own flesh and blood. So his brothers agreed. By that time, the Midianite traders were passing by. His brothers pulled Joseph's coat, or Joseph out of the cistern and sold him. Now, this is a familiar amount. They sold him for how much? Twenty... How do you say it? Uh, 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites who took Joseph with them down to Egypt. Now, I believe that when we dream, when God gives us dreams, and when we dream about our life and what we're going to do and what we're supposed to be doing, I believe that we have an enemy called the devil. How many believe the devil is real? He is. Sure he is. Um, he may not look like the, the red guy with the, you know, with the... Uh, Pointed, uh, pointed tail and the horns and the pitchfork. In fact, he's probably pretty nice looking. Or at least he appears that way. But I think the devil is jealous of us. And he is the number one destroyer of dreams. You see, he'll never get what he wants from God. If you read the Bible, if you go back and you study a little bit about who Lucifer was, he used to be an archangel. Yeah, he used to be like important in heaven. And he got to looking in the mirror and went, I am fine. And he thought, oh, you know what? I've got these instruments built into me. I, I, I sing praises and I do all this awesome music. I am awesome. In fact, I think I'm a little bit better than God. So I'm going to overthrow this place and take over. I'm going to be in charge. And he attempts to take over, and what happens? Well, who knows? 
I mean, we all know this. We know that the creation is never creator, or never greater than the creator. And God could have just like flicked him like that. And kind of he did. But they got into a, a, a rather bad situation, and Lucifer took a third of the angels with him. It wasn't good. And now the devil is furious because of how God uses us. See, he'll never be used that way again. Now we as human beings are God's creation. He loves us and cares about us. Has an awesome plan for our life. So don't you know that if you were going to try to get back at somebody and you couldn't get them personally, what would you go after? You'd go after their children. This happens all the time. Why do you think people kidnap the, the children of rich people? Why do you think we have people that do uh, hurt other family members to get back another person? It's because they know they can't go up against the, the big one. And that's exactly what the devil does. He destroys our dreams because he knows. He knows that we are the apple of God's eye. He loves us. He cares for us. He's got great stuff for us. So the devil's going to try his hardest to stop us from achieving our dreams. Well, now we're going to watch something happen. And this is where we see a little maturity take place in Joseph. How many agree that he's had some pretty bad stuff happen to him now? This isn't good. I mean, yeah, okay, his mouth got him in a little bit of trouble. But he still, he, he had those dreams from God. So there means something, and we know what happens in the story later. So I'm not going to go into it, and I don't want to spoil it, because we do have a cliffhanger today. you have to come back next week to find out what happens. Or, of course, you could read ahead, but you know. We're going to watch something happen here that is just absolutely cool. He gets sold to the Midianites for 20 pieces of silver, and then, apparently, not all the brothers were in on the, on the selling him for 20 pieces of silver because Reuben comes back and went to the cistern to get Joseph out. He wasn't aware that they sold him. And when he gets there, he's like, oh my gosh, he's gone. There's no Joseph. So he rips his clothes in despair. That's what they did when they were upset, when they were grieving back then. They ripped their clothes. Thank God we don't rip our clothes when we get upset today. Well, maybe some people do. I don't know. I don't. So he was beside himself. And he went to his brothers. The boy is gone. What am I going to do? Uh-oh. It's right. <laughs> so they took Joseph's coat. They butchered a goat. And they dipped the coat in the blood. And they took the fancy coat back to their father and said, we found this. Look it over. What do you think? Is this your son's coat? And he recognized it at once. Yes, that's my son's coat. A wild animal has eaten him. Joseph torn limb from limb. This is cruel. So Joseph's dad now is grieving. He lost his son. Jacob tore his clothes in grief, dressed in rough burlap, and mourned his son a long, long time. His sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but he refused their comfort. I'll go to the grave mourning my son. Oh, how his father wept for him. See, we all want what's best for our kids, don't we? We really do. And 
I didn't understand that until we had kids. And then it's like, oh my goodness, do just about anything for your kid. Make sure they're okay and taken care of. And, and I can imagine what he must have felt like. Just horrible. Well, meanwhile, back in Egypt, the Midianites sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, <coughs> manager of his household affairs. See, things don't always go as they're planned, do they? Has anybody noticed that? Just about the time you think you have it all figured out, you don't. I know I don't. Joseph probably never thought that he was going to be thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, and end up working for an important leader in Egypt. He didn't get up that day and think, wow, this is going to be an interesting life here. He just thought he was going to go spy on his brothers and bring a report back to his dad. But it all changed. His whole life changed. But God's plan for us is more effective than our plan for us. And we usually have things planned out the way we want it. However, God intervenes and sometimes it's a little bit different than we expected it. One of the keys in life is to discover what God wants from us and then be happy doing it. It won't necessarily be what we think it should be. But Joseph here does something that most people have a trouble with. I, I'm, I, I so love Joseph's character because wherever he's at, whatever's going on, he makes the best of it. Wow, I wish I had that quality. Let's see what happens to him. So, as it turned out, God was with Joseph. I want you to think about that. Whenever you start going through a rough time, just think of this line. As it turns out, God is with me. It may look like everything is crazy. It may look like you got sold into slavery and you're going to have to work the rest of your life for some guy that doesn't really care a whole lot about you. He just wants you to do stuff for him. It may look really bad. But remember this. God is with us. He cares about us. I love that. As it turns out, God was with Joseph. And things went very well for him. Really? Yeah. He ended up living in the home of his Egyptian master. His master recognized that God was with him. You see, he saw in Joseph integrity. And he saw skill. And he saw the blessing, it says, of the Lord. Interesting that people will see that in our lives. And that God was working good in everything that he did. He became very fond of Joseph and made him his personal aide. He put him in charge of all his personal affairs, turning everything over to him. From that moment on, God blessed the home of the Egyptian all because of Joseph. The blessing of God spread over everything he owned at home and in the fields. And all Potiphar had to concern himself was with eating three meals a day. Joseph took care of everything. Now, Joseph was a strikingly handsome man. See, I told you this is just like a romance novel. And as time went on, his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, became infatuated with Joseph. And one day said, sleep with me. Who? Va, 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 boom. Uh-oh. I told you it was going to get a little racy. 
She pestered him day after day after day. But, everybody, Joseph stood his ground. Everybody say yay for Joseph. That's right. See, integrity, if you don't already know this, will often put you in places of challenge. (laughs) In fact, it always does. Doing what is right costs us. And guess what? It costs us every time. Jesus even said, and you'll find a parable in the New Testament where Jesus says, count the cost. Look at what you're doing because it will cost you. And sometimes I think things happen in our life because we don't count the cost. We say, now let's see, if I do this, this very well could happen. Or if I stand up for what's right and I do this, that's the right thing to do. God will take care of me, but this is going to happen to me. It's easier to compromise and give in than it is to stand our ground for God. But the right thing to do is stand our ground for God. You know, when we went uh, river, uh, we, we used to blow up these big inner tubes in the summer and we would put them in the river and float down the river. And those of us that could swim pretty well did pretty good. But you know what? You put the inner tube in and if you didn't get on, it went down the stream. The current was always going. Unless you stood onto it pretty heavy... You weren't going up that way. You were going to go this way. And that's the way it is in the world today. The current is running. When you get in it, and you're going to go down, unless you are prepared to paddle. Living right takes work. It doesn't just happen. It has to be a submission of our will to his. Well, anyway. One of these days, he came home to the house to do his work. And none of the household servants happened to be there. So she grabbed him by the cloak saying, sleep with me. And he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. This gets really crazy. When she realized that he had left his coat in her hand and run outside, she called to her house servants. Look, this Hebrew shows up. And before you know it, he's trying to seduce us. He tried, well, can we say this? He tried to make love to me. Uh Uh-oh. And I yelled as loud as I could with all my yelling and screaming. He left his coat beside me and ran outside. Ooh, that evil temptress. That bad lady. She kept his coat right there until the master came home. She told him the same story. She said, the Hebrew slave, the one you brought to us, came after me and tried to use me for his plaything. When I yelled and screamed, he left his coat with me and ran outside. Well, when his master heard his wife's story... He was furious. Are these the things that he did to you? Joseph's master took him and threw him into jail where the king's prisoners were locked up. This is a bad day for Joseph. I mean, he had, he had everything going for him. He was probably very well taken care of. He was in charge of this very, very big leader's home. He was doing all sorts of good stuff. And then things went sour. Was it his fault? No. Bad things happen to good people. We don't know why, but it does. Well, long story short, he got thrown into prison because Potiphar was like, ain't putting up with this. You are done. Now this is really interesting. But they're in jail. Here we go. God was still with Joseph. 
See, he stood for what was right. And even though he got in trouble out of false accusation, he still was taken care of by God. He reached out in kindness to him, the jailer, and he put him on good terms with the head jailer. God reached out in kindness and then put him in good terms with the head jailer. The head jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. This looks familiar. He ended up managing the whole operation. The head jailer gave Joseph free reign, never even checked on him because God was with him. Whatever he did, God made sure that it worked out for the best. Well, here we go. Joseph rises to the top in prison yet again. You really can't keep a God-man down. Now, notice I said a God-man. That's only one difference. There's only one O missing there. A lot of good people get kept down. But God people, they kind of rise back up. Because resurrection is a theme with God. He knows what he's doing. And instead of feeling sorry for himself in prison... We're going to find out next week a really interesting thing that happens. <laughs> he, instead of being all selfish and all, woe is me, I'm in jail, something incredible happens. And he realizes he looks after the needs of other people. And as a result of it, wild things happen. But you're going to have to come back next week to find out. Now, let me just tell you this. In times of trouble, does God leave us? I think he embraces us. That's why we don't see him very good. Because we're, we're stuck like that. And what you believe about God's character will help you through times of tough. Joseph was blessed to have faith in whatever situation he found himself in and God was there. And he would give him wisdom to rise up in those particular situations. And I know this for a fact because my wife is the daughter of a dairy farmer. Cream rises to the top. And it tastes better than the milk. God always makes sure the cream rises to the top. And you and I, ladies and gentlemen, are cream. And he cares about us. And it, it all get, might get mixed up, but we will rise to the top if we have faith in God. You don't see Joseph blaming God or even himself for the bad things that happen. In fact, the more crazy it gets, the more that faith rises in his heart. Last thing I want to say is, have you ever felt like you've given your all and it still just isn't enough? Don't give up. Many people are on the verge of a victory. Don't give up. And next week you'll find out why you shouldn't give up. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you care about us and that you are the one that authors our faith and you care so much about what happens to us. Would you help us, Lord, to have an attitude like Joseph? That when we get into situations that we didn't have anything to really do with, or maybe even situations we did cause ourselves, would you help us to rise to the top so that we might be an example of you and make you known to those around us. Help us be men and women of faith and help us to embrace you during times of trouble. And thank you for doing that for us. We love you, we worship you, and we honor you now. 
In Jesus' name. Well, there you go. That was my uh, my first in a, in, a, in a series of two messages on the story of Joseph. What do you think, Aim? I think it was fun, and we had several requests from people who heard the first part last week that they want you to give them the second part. You know, they could just listen to the podcast next week. But I know, but some of these folks don't have... Computers. Yeah. yeah they might not even have CD players. It's kind of one of those communities where, you know, some techie, some not. Really, you should be handling this. I'm driving. Oh, okay. So... There you go, and we love hearing from you. So please, please, please write us at rickattakenwithyou.com or amyattakenwithyou.com. You're so much more relaxed when we're at home in the studio. You sound like professional recorder lady. Do I? Yeah. I think I just don't have very much of a voice. So, um. Okay. So you can also watch out for the traffic. Yeah, you need to put on the brakes. So or on the bridge, there's like beach traffic. Or yeah, a lot of people are driving home from. We're only about a half an hour from the beach here, so lots of people going home from. I hear Sandy there. lives out there. Yeah, yeah, Sandy shells. Huh. Yeah. So um, you can also get a hold of us on our Facebook accounts. Um, it's facebook.com forward slash Rick dot Moyer uh-huh. or for the same thing, you know, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. And, and as soon as she gets off of her lips, she'll be okay. Oh, man. I, yeah. You guys can pray that I can sleep tonight, like in my bed, not trying to sleep sitting up in a recliner because that doesn't really work. But it doesn't work to lay down when you have a cold and you start coughing. So, but you cough sitting up anyway. Because they're lazy boys, not lazy girls. Oh, is that why it's not working for me? Yep. Okay, maybe I need to get a lazy girl. My dad always said use the right tool for the right job. Uh, I don't think they make lazy girls. Is it because girls usually aren't lazy? Oh, that was good. Uh, That was good. So anyway, this has been a Moira Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2013. All rights reserved. We'll be back next week with another awesome show. Yeah, something like that. Have a great week.